Welcome to the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast. I'm John Hartwell, and I am the brains and pencil behind Hartwell Studio Works. I'm a sports brand designer in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is for front office personnel who want to harness the power of sports branding to win more fans. This episode is the audio presentation of the small college AD Zoom conversation I conducted with Amanda Workman, the Senior Associate AD for External Relations at West Texas A&M University. Amanda gave a presentation titled Shifting Gears in Annual Giving and took questions regarding how she and her team had to change plans on the fly for the launch of their annual giving campaign as a result of the coronavirus shutdown. The purpose of these Zoom conversations is to share ideas that are practical, relevant, and actionable in helping small college ADs navigate through the shifting landscape of this pandemic lockdown. I hope you find this conversation helpful. Enjoy the show. everyone. It's my pleasure to be with you guys today. Um, I know that these times are really hard and uncertain, and I'm just very thankful for a community like this one where we can come together and learn through this crazy time with one another. So I'm happy to share with you what we've done at WT to try to switch gears in annual giving. Um, Just a little background for you guys um, and how we had to switch gears. We were literally days away from launching this campaign when um, the shutdown occurred. We built a new football stadium last year. And so our renewal period got moved up substantially. We typically launch around this time each year and we had planned on launching in March. So we've been on hold since that time. And I just wanna share with you guys some of the ways that we've adapted to um, this changing time. So prior to the shutdown, we made a couple of substantial decisions regarding our annual giving campaign. One of them I've already mentioned We moved our timeline of launch up dramatically because of season ticket renewal process for football. We also decided to um, combine solicitation materials and the membership guide into one piece. Historically, we had mailed those separately and we just decided that whether someone became a member or not, it might be appealing to them to see what members got after they became members in order to make this a little bit more of an attractive package. So after the shutdown, one thing that we decided to do just because of cost savings, I know all of us have tight budgets anyways, but we just felt like it was a little bit irresponsible for us to go ahead and and mail that when we could do this digitally. I will share with you just to be completely transparent, I'm a little bit nervous to uh, go completely digital because we do have a lot of constituents that are an older generation. And um, I I do anticipate that we're gonna have to help them significantly And we are more than willing to do that. And then obviously we extended the timeline of our launch as well. So one of the things that we did during this time is we felt like we had a lot of opportunity to really perfect our materials. So we looked over the mailer, which did become a digital piece. We went through it with a fine tooth comb. We also developed emails. And then we we spent a lot of time considering our distribution list. We're very fortunate here in the athletic department and as a university that our giving has grown substantially over the years. We used to mail this piece to everyone who had given above $300 to the university in the past five years. And that list has actually, it's grown so much that we had to narrow it down a little bit. So we spent quite a bit of time deciding how to pare that down a little bit. And then we ended up deciding to go ahead and launch it um, digitally so it can go to whoever. 
um, we want it to, and we're not limited by that number anymore. And then we also redesigned our website, which I'm going to show you guys in just a second. But one of the things that we were we really wanted to focus on was we wanted our messaging to be moving forward, not looking back. I know that this time has been incredibly challenging for a lot of people. It's a lot of us are very heartbroken over the loss of seasons and, and seeing athletics come to a halt has been incredibly difficult. And so we wanted to give people something to look forward to and not necessarily talk so much about what is behind us and what we've lost. So the first link we're going to take you guys through is um, this is our membership guide that will be emailed out to all of our, our donors and potential donors coming very soon. And like I said before, it combines our solicitation piece and our membership guide together. So it's a pretty large document that provides a lot of information about the Buffalo Club itself. So inside we have, um, we have a letter from our athletic director that just talks about uh, where we're going from here and a little bit of a table of contents. Um, the, the next couple of pages I believe are an alumni spotlight where we chose a couple of our alumni that have um, either given substantially or made a substantial impact on our university. We, we highlighted these two because they we did some different things this year. The, the alumni on the left, Don Patterson, he played football here. Um, and him and his wife are precious, as you can see from that photo. They are literally two of the cutest people I've ever seen in my life. They're they're wonderful. And he gave the money to name our football locker room this year. And that that sign that you see there is something that we had developed inside of there. And then we also are fortunate enough that Maurice Cheeks is an alumni of this university. And we were approached by a group of people that really wanted to honor him. And so we put this statue up in his honor last year and it also has an endowed scholarship with it. So we wanted to focus and highlight on those two groups of people. Um, next page is this is just kind of a highlights our athletic and academic success over the past year. Um, we wanted it to be very graphically appealing. It's a lot easier to me for people to read large numbers, they're more eye-catching than a whole lot of information. So we took that digital approach and that very graphic design to make it more appealing for the user. And then the next page, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have uh, the cost breakdown so that our donors understand what it takes for us to pay for student athletes. Um, there's a large figure up at the top and then the breakdown down below it. And then the next page highlights our benefits of membership as well as our loyalty point system. We implemented a loyalty point system last year, mostly because of our football stadium and the, the seat availability. We wanted to reward um, our donors who had been with us for the longest with that loyalty point system. And then on the following page, we have our football tickets and how to purchase them along with our schedule. And then the very back page is just contact information for um, our development team. I have to give Casey Lish a lot of credit. This, this project was his baby and uh, he did an excellent job with it. So he is our Associate Athletic Director for Development. And then the other link that John's gonna pull up for us is our athletic website. Um, this is our giving site. We, we relaunched it this year to look just like the mailer so that people would know that they're in the right spot. Um, the box 
right there below WT Buffalo Club giving levels. You can click on different tabs there just to see the difference. Then again, we highlight the Buffalo Club loyalty point system down below and um, have information about students. We are, um, as you can see, the click to give button is very prominent. It's in a whole lot of different places. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to give and it not be a frustrating process. So we implemented the click to give tab over and over so that that was a really easy, a really easy thing for uh, people to give to. Okay, after we perfected campaign material, we can move on to the next slide. And we had to rethink our communication plan, as I'm sure most of you had. Um, one of our, the things that was really important to us is we didn't want to just completely stop. We didn't want communication to come to a screeching halt. We wanted to just put a pause on um, launching the campaign and think of more creative ways to engage donors. It didn't feel like a very good time to ask people for money because it was just such a time of uncertainty and we just felt like we really needed to put a pause on that for a while. So what we did is we, we reflected internally and we thought, okay, what are some things that we can do right now to stay productive and to stay relevant and enhance communication with donors? One of the things that we did is we have historically used constant contact and we had looked at switching over to MailChimp and we, we did that and we, um, you know, it takes a lot of time to clean up those distribution lists and we spent a lot of time doing that. The other thing that we did was to launch or review social media pages and we, we actually are launching them. We used to have social media pages for our giving. Our Buffalo Club is donor focused. Our T Club is athletic alumni and we wanted to find different ways to engage those constituents and we just felt like social media was a really, um, a really great place to do that. The other thing was to clean up databases. I cannot tell you guys how much information ourselves, our staff members, and our coaches have updated information on athletic alumni and donors. Just taking the time to reach out to coaches and say, can you please share contact information with me of every, every alumni that you have, every donor that you have. It's a very tedious process, but it is, it is completely worth it because our our databases were very dated. They had updated email addresses, they had updated phone numbers. We got a lot of really great information from that. So I would encourage all of you to do that. Um, you can even just put it in the spreadsheet and encourage everyone to do it. Or if you're really, really nice, you can just have them text it to you and you put it in a, in a database, whatever works for you. But that's, that's one of the things that, we've, that we're working on that was, has absolutely been worth the time. And then switch to the next slide. We, one of the things that was really important to me is that we stay connected to our donors. You know, they lost an athletic season also. They lost it in a different way than our student athletes did, but they were, they were devastated nonetheless. So one of the things that I did initially is I pulled a list of donors and I sent lots and lots of handwritten cards, just reaching out to them, telling them that we missed them, that we hope they were staying safe. Um, one of my coworkers did a lot more phone calls. He's not much of a card writer. He's more of a phone call placer. I would rather write cards. So um, I appreciated the fact that we had different types of personalities on the, on the staff and we did what was most comfortable to us. And we still got in touch with the donors and, and stayed engaged with them. The social media content was really fun to come up with because we're no longer putting out sports stories. So how do we tell our story 
and keep our brand awareness in front of everyone and keep in the front of everyone's mind knowing that not long from now we're going to ask them to to give to our program so we had to dig through the archives and we shared some information about some historical games that were significant that that was really fun and then our coaches have done a really good job of highlighting alumni and telling their story they're not only posting about what they did here but they're talking about where they are now and everyone loves those stories they're very heartwarming it's really fun to see what people have done and where they've gone from here this past weekend, I saw tons and tons of highlighting graduating seniors of the programs. It, you know, it, it's hard for people to lose their actual graduation. So I saw all of our coaches posted pictures of their graduating seniors and how proud they were of them. And that was really neat. And then we have done some silly things with staff members working from home and just sharing what that experience is like and allowing people to get to know us a little bit better. We tend to tell lots and lots of stories about coaches and athletes, but the staff is not as known to donors and, and fans as the rest of the rest of the coaches and and uh, athletes are. So sharing staff members working from home was fun. That was a fun thing to do. Um, one of the things that we also did is we had these yard signs created that just basically said, you know, we're strong and resilient. We're the Buffaloes. And so it says, you know, Buffaloes are strong and resilient. And um, we did a yard sign pickup day and um, we did it in front of our basketball arena. There were a few of us there. We, we measured out on the sidewalk six feet apart and put X's on the ground. And we encouraged people to pull up and pop their trunk and we would put a sign in there. And it was just a really great, that day was so much fun because we got to wave at people and we got to see people from a distance. You know, they would roll their windows down and just, just talk to us and say hello. And just to be able to reconnect with people that that we hadn't seen, just to lay your eyes on people and see that they're doing well, that was a that was a really great thing to do. And then we've had a zooming with a coach every single week. We 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 actually have them on Tuesdays and Thursdays, where we've highlighted every single one of our one of our head coaches and done a Zoom call, sent it out to donors, and given them an opportunity to connect with us. So those are some of the ways that we stay connected to donors throughout this time. Um, and that is it for the presentation. Thank you very much, Amanda. I've actually got a question here for you uh, from Kevin Salisbury. Uh, do you have to work with your college institutional advancement department to make all of your decisions or do you work independent from that office? It, it's kind of a twofold answer. We do work with them in that we share information. They are very aware of when we are going to send materials out so that we're not overlapping with another department, but we produce our own materials and um, they basically just approve our timeline. If that, I hope that answers your question. If not, feel free to follow up with another one, but we, we work, we work independently, but they're aware of our timeline. So I do want to encourage everybody, if you have questions, please hit the raise hand function in the participant box or shoot me a question through through chat and I'll be happy to relay that. Um, Amanda, I want to go back real quick and this is kind of technical and maybe a little nerdy. Oops, I'm sorry, hold on just a moment. I do have a question here. Uh, Jim Abbott, your question for Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. How are you Hi. doing? <laughs> Uh, Mike, I have two or three questions, but I'll start with one. Um, you talked about uh, using MailChimp 
So my question is, how often do you email your list of alums, donors, et cetera? And are those emails primarily informational? Is there an occasional ask? How do you approach that? We email them probably twice a week right now just to kind of keep them engaged. We're worried that people feel really disconnected right now. So we feel like we're actually communicating more than we have before just to give people a sense of connection to something. I have a heart for people being isolated. And so it concerns me that there's a lot of people that are home completely alone right now. So I feel like we're communicating more often. Right now, our message is staying connected. So like I mentioned, the Zoom calls, we're sending those out twice a week. We are getting ready to start sending asks and the Buffalo Club campaign will be one of them. I would say in a normal time, we probably ask, we probably send, let's say for every 20 emails, one of them is an ask. Okay. Um, and then on the loyal, loyalty point system that you created, what were the uh, what were the pros and the cons to that? And then is there a software available that helps track loyalty points or is that some massive Excel spreadsheet that gets manually updated? It, it started as a spreadsheet and it was a nightmare. Um, one of the pros of it is that we were able to really and truly give the people who have given to us the longest priority access to those season tickets. We had a very limited supply of the high end. We have a club level now and there, those seats were limited and we wanted to make sure that the people who really, really wanted to be in that section had access to that section. So that was a huge pro. Um, finding the information about how long people had given was absolutely the con. My gracious, as you can imagine, trying to pull information for years and years and years of giving was a bit of a nightmare. Our ticketing system, we use New Lion right now, it actually has a loyalty point system in it. So all we had to do was dump the data for them and they were able to calculate that for us. We were uh, with a different ticketing system and that's why it started as a spreadsheet and was a, it was an utter nightmare. So I would not recommend using a spreadsheet for loyalty points. It was, it was a lot of time and effort that I'm not sure was, was worth the time and effort. All right, thank you for those questions. Uh, Matt Jones, you're up next. Your question for Amanda. Amanda, good to see you today. Uh, you mentioned uh, that your messaging right now was uh, stay connected. How has your staff worked on developing your messaging over this period of time? And how do you see yourself transitioning in the coming weeks ahead as we start to uh, open back up as a country and an economy? Absolutely. We have had to work very hard to stay together, you know, just to stay connected internally. It's funny that our messages stay connected and we feel so very disconnected from one another. I have very regular Zoom calls with my, my immediate staff, and we are constantly talking about this uh, conversation and, and how important it is to stay connected to donors and encouraging all of our staff to reach out and stay connected to donors and realizing that all of us are actually responsible for external relations, whether, whether it's in your title or not, we are, all, we are all representatives of the university and we all have a unique story to tell. So just staying connected in that way. And we started using a project management system as well, um, just to keep everybody on the same page and to make sure that all of us were moving in the right direction. And so 
just telling everyone, you know, stay connected, stay connected. When you, when I start to feel disconnected, I reach out to donors and I I've told everyone else to do that as well. When you start to feel a little bit disconnected and like you're kind of out of the loop on what's going on, reach out to someone and see how they're doing. And it immediately pulls you back into the connection. And that's kind of been our theme over the past few weeks. And, um, as far as tailoring that going forward, I think staying connected is always important. Just the manner in which we stay connected will change because obviously I think those of us that are in external relations, we do this because we love people. Um, I, I'm okay with loving people from a distance, but I very much prefer to love them in person. Um, I love it when they're, they're in the same room as me. So just staying connected in a different way but not losing this communication pattern because it's actually been really valuable. We've learned a lot about our donors. They've learned a lot about us because we're not just telling the story of athletics. We're telling the story of ourselves as people. And I think that's been incredibly valuable during this time. Well, I was just going to ask a quick follow-up. You mentioned uh, your project management tool. Uh, What project management tool are you guys using right now? We are using Monday.com and we just we just started it a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago and it's worked really well for us. So if you don't have one, I would recommend checking it out. All right. Thanks, Matt. Got a question here uh, from chat from Michael Fueling. He asks, with the uncertainty of football and benefits that involve football, what are your plans moving forward? Do you have backup plans? We we are Right now, to be completely transparent, we're living day to day. And uh, one of the reasons that we haven't launched our campaign is because we don't know the answer to that question. What do you do if people give to football and then football doesn't happen? And I think that that's the world that all of us are living in right now. We're trying to move forward while also being respectful of, of the situation that's happening. We were, we were already calling people for season ticket renewals for football when all of this happened. So we have answers to whether or not people wanted to renew their seats. We just haven't collected money for that yet and won't do that until until we're able to say, yes, we're gonna play football. Because um, as you can imagine, the refunding process, if people requested refunds, um, would would not be an easy thing to do. All right. Uh, let me interject just a, a couple of questions here myself, Amanda. Um, first, I want to uh, thank you for the shout out for uh, the Atlanta local MailChimp. Thank you for switching to an Atlanta local company. Appreciate that. Um, what and 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 this is kind of a technical question, but in your mind, what what considerations did you did you guys go through to move from one platform to the other? Because I mean that that involves a huge shift. And a huge amount of work just in moving your database over, getting getting everything sorted out. What what prompted that move just in that technical tool for you guys? The Mailchimp just does a lot more of the things that we needed it to do. Constant contact was great for us when we were mostly interested in email, but we liked the marketing tools that came with Mailchimp and the design tools and the design support as well. We are very into branding here and we like for everything to have a certain look and feel about it. Um, As you could see from the materials that we showed earlier, design is really important to us. And so having the ability to have a little bit more support on that side was great as well. 
the events information in it. It, it just had a, it did a lot more of the things that we needed it to do. And also the information that it collects was very valuable to us as well. When you talk about uh, design and branding being important to you, great. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and you talked about telling your story. I know that, uh, that that phrase, tell your story, gets used quite a bit in terms of marketing and communications, and it can mean a lot of different things. How would you describe or define what telling the West Texas A&M University story is? What, what is that, and what are the kinds of results, ROI, metrics that you use to measure uh, whether that story is being told well or not? Well, for us, I think, um, for those of you that don't know, the, the, the city that West Texas A&M is in is, is very small. Um, it's located in Canyon, Texas, and our population is 13,000. When the students are not here, we have 10,000 students on campus when they are here. And the people in this community are incredibly hardworking, real, tough people. So one of our biggest storytelling pieces is that we're resilient. And that has really been very valuable to us during this time is because the people in this community, they're just going to survive and they're going to find a way to thrive in a really difficult situation all the time, not just in something like today. That's just the mindset of the people. They're tough and, and they're just very resilient. So being able to share that story in a different way and in a different content or context has been really, has been really valuable to us. Um, as far as an ROI, I don't, I don't really know for sure how we, how we measure that, except that when a donor sits with me and shares a story with me, that is a story that we shared, I know that our message is getting across. And I have people stop me all the time and say, hey, I read that article about so-and-so and it makes me it makes me know that, that there are eyeballs on what we're doing and people are paying attention and they are aware of of us. They haven't forgotten us. And um, I do think to me, the 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 word of mouth of people telling my story back to me is the most valuable piece of that storytelling that I could ever hope for. We have had some new people join the conversation here. Let me just remind you that if you have questions, you can. Uh, you can use the raise hand function in the participant box, or you can also send it, send a question into me via chat. And I do have another question here from Brian Brantley. Uh, Amanda, you have talked about staying connected, which is great, but since there, but since things are so day to day, how are you managing the expectations for the fall and winter sports cultivations and solicitations for the annual fund? And that's not and, and he notes he's not he's not talking about football. Okay. For us, to be 100% honest with you right now, our mindset is that the fall is going to happen and we're going to do as well as we have in the years before, and we won't adjust that expectation until we have to. Very good. Uh, knowing that this is all stuff that we're all doing on the fly, we're trying ideas as best we can, of, of the, of the uh, things that you listed in your presentation, uh, the yard sign pickup, the Zoom calls, uh, all all the different things that, that you did to shift gears. What would you say has been maybe the most effective uh, in, in terms of just staying connected with those donors, keeping that communication open? And then maybe if you don't mind sharing, what maybe didn't work as well as you were hoping it, it, it would? 
I, to be honest, I think that the 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 handwritten cards. I, I received a lot of very kind emails or phone calls back from donors. I think they're not used to getting handwritten cards, so it was just a nice, unique touch for them to get an actual written card in the mail. That was a very valuable experience. Um, on the flip side of that, I would say that the Zoom calls with with uh, coaches they're they're losing a little bit of steam. As all of you can imagine, it's very driven by who the coach is and uh, the sport that they that they coach. But um, we have a consistent number of donors that log into all of them. But the quantity of people in the in the Zoom call is very driven by the person that is participating. Sure. Um, how how would you describe how you keep the staff no, knowing that coaches are in and of themselves kind of de facto recruiting uh, officers and they are de facto advancement officers. Uh, how are you managing keeping everybody on board uh, and on message on the same page? We just, we have to reach out to them pretty consistently because they are in, they're in recruiting mode in their brain and they're, they're switching to summer mode because we are entering into what would be their summertime. And so keeping them active and engaged takes constant communication. Got another question here from uh, Mr. Abbott. Jim, go ahead. Hey, Amanda, um, what about special events? I'm assuming, like many of us, you have golf tournaments and things that might typically happen in the summer or early in the fall. Um, where are you guys at with that? Are you still planning? I know in our case, golf courses are are back open in Oklahoma now. So are you still planning to do some of those things? And if so, uh, when do those occur? Well, I to be honest, our our Buffalo Club golf tournament used to be in August and now it's in June. And so that one is not on the books currently. We do have golf courses open here as well, but there are a lot of restrictions. They can't have carts. They have to walk and, you know, two in a group and, and, and those types of things. I have seen a lot of like the city of Canyon. They've released some of their golf tournaments. We right now, all of our special events are, are on hold to be rescheduled when we can do them the way that we want to do them. Let's also uh, go back and talk about your, your social media pages. What, what pages, what accounts are you using for development and, uh, and, and your alumni? What are the platforms that you're finding most effective? Right now, we're planning to launch Buffalo Club mostly on Facebook because that's where the majority of those people are. We will do Instagram as well. But um, for the athletic alumni, we will do Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we've got a question here from Nate Burton. Nate, go ahead. What's your question? <laughs> Amanda, I apologize if I missed this. I'm also trying to teach my first and second grade graders at the same time <laughs> while watching this. Um, but corporate sponsorships, where are you all playing on sending out renewals? Um, I know you've probably been in contact with your sponsors over this time, but renewals for next year, um, if you can talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, right now, we are mostly working on renewals that do not involve fall sports and staying connected to those donors. Um, we, have, we have been told to try to move forward as much as possible, and we are in the process of making those solicitation calls. And the question was asked earlier about Buffalo Club and what about if the benefits for football don't happen? 
And, and like I answered there, we're moving forward as though they are happening. We're just being very sensitive to the fact that we understand that there may be corporate partners that are absolutely not comfortable giving us money right now or signing up with us until they know something. So we're, we're, we are moving forward with the sensitivity of knowing that if somebody tells us no, don't take it as a no that we're normally, that we normally get. It's just a not right now. And to circle back with those people. All right, and please, uh, please do use that, uh, that raise hand function uh, for questions. Um, I want to go back to social media real quick. You, you, you mentioned Facebook and Instagram as, as your main platforms. Um, do you, uh, do you, do you guys do anything with TikTok? I know that that is uh, the up and coming platform for a particular generation. Maybe it's not applicable to your audience. Have you guys used it at all? Any experience with that? We have our mascot is named Bucky and Bucky does TikTok and the students love it. <laughs> very good. So it, it's uh, which which platform it is very much depends on which audience that you're talking to. Then correct. Absolutely. It's not it's not an all in one uh, approach. Right. Okay. Very good. Um. What? How would you describe? Um, you, you know, you talked about the the day to day nature of what you guys are doing. Um, and I think this this question was asked previously. Um, do you guys have have some uh, some thoughts about you're planning on starting in the fall, assuming that everything goes forward a, a, as is? Uh, but just in case, what kind of planning have you guys done in case it doesn't work out? Have you guys given so, any thought to that? And then and then the communications that might need to happen after that. Absolutely. Our plan all along, as I said before, is we're going to move forward with fall plans until somebody absolutely tells us we're not having a fall because we would rather be prepared than scramble. And we are we are in a time right now where we can prepare. And our our mental our mentality has been we're we're going to we're going to play fall sports. If that mentality has to shift, one of the things that we would do is save all of our plans for next year. And, um, you know, we didn't want to, we thought, are people going to be sad because they worked really hard and then we didn't get to implement these plans, but these plans will still be good in the future. Um, and just having to make that shift and communicate that with, with donors. Um, I think about the day it's, it feels like it was about 15 years ago that basketball season was ended. Um, it, it's a very long time since that happened. And I just remember that it felt like dominoes falling that that one piece of information came out and then it was just like the whole thing just came tumbling down very very quickly and um it was amazing to me how quickly people received the message and were responsive to it and they weren't upset they were loving you know they they were they were like surrounding us and student athletes and and showing us a lot of love and support in a very difficult time rather than being angry that something was taken from them. We got a lot of support from our donors. So switching that, you know, we would obviously have to make a whole lot of phone calls. We would, we would put out press releases. We would send email information. We would do everything that we could to communicate um, the change to our constituents. If I may, I want to uh, maybe ask a, a very particular uh, 
branding and communication question. Again, going back to the idea that that's very important to, to what you do uh, in, in development and certainly to the overall program. Can you talk about uh, the use of your assets, your logo, your colors, your typography, all of those standards uh, that, that you use to create your communications, whether it's print, whether it's digital, how important uh, in, in this time of crisis, in this moment where, where communication has to be so regular and, it has, and, it, and you're pulling it out on the fly, how important do you see those assets and the proper use of those assets in this moment? They're, they're very important to us always because we want to have a consistent brand and consistent messaging across the board. I'm very fortunate that here, the branding standards that we have currently, the logo, the color, the athletic fonts that we use, those have been in place for several years. So that standard has been, has been in place for, for several years now, as far as, as um, that font goes. So when I think about it, I think as far as our staff goes, there's really no excuse not to use them. We all have them. We all have access to them. They're all very, very important. If you don't have them, use your logo as consistently as you possibly can, because that is your number one thing for brand recognition. If you don't have fonts or your coaches don't have access to your fonts and you want your coaches communicating with donors, make sure that they use the logo every time. It's a simple, clean, effective way to get the message out and still tie it back to your university. How do you manage knowing that, that folks can do their own thing, particularly with coaches? And I just speak from experience. Coaches can sometimes uh, kind of you know, go off the rails a little bit. They go rogue uh, sometimes. <laughs> that they do, that they do. Uh, how, how do you manage that process? And, and particularly now when you've got everybody spread out and not in the same office, uh, are you keeping eyeballs on what's going out? Is there, is there a review process? How are you managing that uh, brand consistency? We do, we do, um, we do keep eyes on it. Um, from a, like a uniform standpoint, we, they have to be approved before they're ordered. So that font's easy to, to make sure that that branding is, is consistent. We have a um, social media platform that we use that we can send out. We can pre-send out tweets and stuff to coaches and all they have to do is post it. What it is, the name of it is absolutely escaping me right now. So if y'all, I will, I will find that out and send that out to anyone that wants to know it. Um, but that the name of that just absolutely flew out of my brain. So forgive me for that, but please contact me if you want that information. And so we can produce graphics and we can produce the text and we can put the logo on there. We can do whatever we need to. And we just send it to the coaches and all they have to do is uh, basically hit send. And that keeps our message message very consistent and, and has helped tremendously. It's hard for them to say, I can't do that when all they have to do is hit send. Make it as simple and as easy as possible. Absolutely. Um, can you also talk a little bit in regards to brand, uh, the relationship between the athletics department and the institution? The question was asked earlier about your relationship with institutional advancement. How much, how much communication, how much connection is there between uh, the brand, the brand story, brand communications between athletics and the institution? We are very fortunate here that they they trust us to put our brand out because we have we've put such a high quality brand out for such a, con, a consecutive amount of years that they're very comfortable with us doing what we 
what we do. And I am, this is like the biggest victory of my career so far. The university actually just adopted the athletic logo as its main mark. And um, that was like the win of the century for us because our, our logo is very clean. The university's logo had a flame on it. Um, and it just didn't, I mean, it was fine for them, but I, I just, I really like clean, simple designs. And so that was a really, that was a really great big win for us. We are respectful of the fact that we use the trademark logos. We use the right color of maroon and we are very, very cognizant of the standards and expectations of the university. And we work really hard to produce pieces that will make them proud and not make them think what in the world is this and when did that when did that go out and who approved that and all of those things. They don't approve the things that we send out, um, but we are very respectful of the branding guidelines that the university has. Got another question here from Michael Fueling. Of the gifts that come in through the club, is it all scholarship or can it be used for program spending such as recruiting gear or et cetera? How do you manage that aspect? For us, um, the Buffalo Club is our scholarship campaign. So if you give to the Buffalo Club, you are giving to the um, Student Athlete Scholarship Fund. We do have the opportunity to do special projects with coaches and raise money for specific things. Um, like our football team has Vice's helmets now, and we had to raise a lot of money for those. He's raising the money for those. And so you can give specifically to that that fund but anytime you give money to a sport here it has to be approved by the athletic director our buffalo club used to be sport specific and you could designate on your check that you wanted your money to go to softball we did away with that a few years ago because we are fully funded from a scholarship perspective and we we do whatever we have to to make sure that those sports have the funds that they need from a scholarship standpoint if a donor approaches me and they want to give $2,000 to the track team, we find a way to make that work for them. We don't say, oh, no, you can't give specifically to the track team. We figure out a way to make that work for the donor. We try to be flexible with giving. But if you give specifically to the Buffalo Club, it does go to the scholarship campaign. Thinking strategically about the communication plan, you mentioned uh, in that section of your presentation that you were rethink, you were rethinking the timing of the launch of the campaign. It was it was a pause, not a stop. Um, and we've talked about how you are moving forward with the expectation that there will be sports in the fall. Have have you guys given any thought or or any any strategic thinking to the idea of the fall is 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 milestone one? and then spring is milestone two, and then fall 2021 is milestone three. How far out are you guys thinking about this? How are you, uh, how are you structuring those, those plans? We are. We're, we're thinking, we are thinking fall, we are thinking winter, we are thinking spring, and we are thinking fall again. Um, we're, right now, we're operating the way that we that we always do in terms of timelines in, in our brains of this is this is what we're working on now. And then this is when we switch to basketball and this is when we switch to spring sports. And then this is when we circle back around to football. Right now, our strategy is to maintain the, that timeline of developing the materials and just being very sensitive to the fact that they may not launch when you think they're going to. And we have to be flexible with that piece of the timeline because right now 
you know, it's, it's almost like we wake up in a new world every single day, every day that I get to wake up and do this job. I feel fortunate to get to do it right now because of all the crazy changing things that are going on. So we just get up every single day and we do whatever we can within that time frame to prepare for the fall. And then we go home at night and do it all over again. All right. We are coming into the uh, final minutes of the hour. Um, I guess I would say, um, Amanda, as, as we, as we close up here, um, any kind of overall thoughts about, wow, this moment, what's, what have you, what do you think has been your biggest takeaway from this moment and, and the, your perspective on annual giving and its role within an athletics department, uh, that may have been, uh, heightened or accentuated, uh, in this, uh, in this crisis moment? Absolutely. Um, I love this university and I love the people that I'm fortunate to come to work with every single day. And our donors have become like family to me. I've, I've been in this position for 10 years and they are like an extended family to me. And what I've learned throughout this process, what I knew, what I thought I knew, I didn't know is that people they make up your department. They, they're the reason that we do all these things that we do. And not having the ability to hug a donor at a game makes me very sad. Um, losing that actual connection of standing in a room and sharing a meal with someone and talking about a basketball game, the simplicity of those moments being taken from us is devastating. And as far as an annual giving perspective, man, the, these people make our world go around. We literally, I'm very honored and humbled by the fact that my job depends on other people supporting this university. Um, we fundraise for our function and they are the reason that we have the enhancements that we have. They're the reason that our student athletes have the experience that they have. They're the reason that I draw a salary because without them, I don't have a job. And so I am very, very humbled um, by the importance and the value that these beautiful humans have on, on our university and on our athletic program. Very good. Uh, last call, I suppose, for any questions. I know we're, we're coming up at 11.50 here. Uh, and if there are any questions here, any raised hands or questions in the chat box, I can go ahead and uh, close this out just to just a little bit early and get a little extra lunch in. Uh, so thank you all so very much uh, for being here on the, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. We do have, <laughs> do have a hand here. Uh, Jim, your, your question for uh, Amanda again. Yeah, I don't have a question. I think you're awesome, Amanda, and your passion for your donors. Um, is a reminder for us all. It's not just a, here's the number of dollars we need and start over and do it all over again. Um, so while I appreciate, I think the lessons that I always learn when I listen to you more so, I just appreciate uh, the passion that you have to do what you do. I, I think that's the probably the best lesson. So I appreciate you taking the time today and I really appreciate the, re the reminder that um, it really it, it isn't just a job. It better be a passion for you. And so I just wanted to say thank you.
Well, thank you. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. And man, I miss you guys. It's good to see you. And I'll add that one of the reasons why uh, why I'm I'm doing these Zoom calls is because there is no NACTA this year. Uh, the the Bosca Spring Workshop was uh, was canceled. So I'm hoping that this is indeed a way for uh, for the small college AD community to stay connected, share ideas, and uh, and you know as we keep moving forward uh, to the fall with the expectation that things will will get back to some sort of normal. I hope that this will be a platform for everybody to, uh, to, to stay connected and, uh, and to support each other. So uh, again, Amanda, thank you so much for being here and for making this presentation. I'm very grateful. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. And I do hope that, that, that uh, those of you who have uh, joined in this conversation, that you uh, are able to take away information that is relevant, practical, and actionable. Uh, it, and then I, I very much hope that you do, did take new ideas that you can take back to your program. Um, if you and your staff can execute on those ideas today, tomorrow, next week, that is great. That's exactly what we're hoping for. And I do look forward to see, seeing those ideas in action. I will say that if those ideas require creative support uh, for which you do not have resources, Hartwell Studio Works is happy to help. Uh, I will, I'm happy to do a free 20-minute consultation with you. You can go to my website, click the scheduler, grab a time uh, using the free 20-minute consultation option, and I'm happy to talk through your ideas and maybe your next steps. Uh, if you would like to follow up with uh, Amanda directly and contact her, you can contact her using uh, her this contact information. And uh, you can also uh, contact me at the information shown here on this slide as well. And I'm sorry, I am sharing the correct screen here. Am I not, Amanda? Is that? Yes, you're okay. good. <laughs> I've got too many windows open here on my computer. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, the next Hartwell Studio Work Small College uh, AD Zoom conversation will indeed be next week. And I'm very pleased to have uh, Devin Crosby, the Athletics Director of Lynn University. He'll be the presenter and he'll be presenting on leadership in a time of uncertainty. Thanks again, everybody, for being here. I do appreciate it. And I do look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day, everybody. My thanks again to Amanda for her time and willingness to share her ideas with the small college AD community in the midst of this uncertainty. You can get in touch with Amanda by email and through LinkedIn. Her information is posted in the show notes for this episode, found at the podcast page of my website, hartwellstudioworks.com. If you're listening in iTunes, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and hey, write a review. Help other sports professionals find this podcast. If you'd like to talk from sports branding yourself, you can reach out to me by email at john at hartwellstudioworks.com. And you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, using the handle Hartwell Studio. You can check out my entire portfolio of sports branding work at hartwellstudioworks.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.